And welcome in, everybody, to the Hear Me Out Sports Talk podcast, formerly known as the Weekly Sports Talk podcast. We changed the name because uh, it was no longer weekly, so it was stupid to keep calling that. Uh, my name is Nick Palazzolo. Thank you for listening. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Nick Palazzolo with the number five. Josh Pose is off today for today's episode. He is busy preparing the best damn student section in the state of Illinois for Warren's uh, potentially the, their toughest game of the year tomorrow night against Maine South, uh, 7.30 kickoff at Warren. Go check that out. A uh, lot to get to. Uh, we haven't recorded one of these in a minute. Uh, I got a lot to get off my chest. We'll start off with some with the Cubs. I mean that they traded away anybody and everybody. Uh, so I'll talk a little bit about how we got there and, and where do we go now? Should we should we as a fan base collectively want these players back? I'll give you my thoughts. The White Sox keep chugging along, keep growing their lead. Uh, I have an interesting conversation. Uh, should Dallas Keuchel be put in the playoff rotation? He's been one of those starters that, you know, has struggled. So I'll give you my thoughts on that. Tony LaRusso will talk about him, the bullpen, and maybe some offense concerns. Tell you if I'm concerned or not. And would you rather have the big lead like the Sox have or play those games in the stretch run right up into the playoffs to fight your way in? I'll give you my thoughts on that. And then, you know, it's football season, so we're, we definitely need to talk about some Bears. Bears making pinky promises to Andy Dalton. Who should start? I have a lot of offensive line concerns. I I, uh, I watched Ryan Pace's press conference yesterday, and let me tell you, I wanted to gouge my, gouge my eyes out with soup spoons because it was just a lot of nothing. I'll talk about that. And is Matt Nagy – on the hot seat this year. We'll get to that and a lot more coming up next here on the Hear Me Out Sports Talk podcast. Once again, I thank you guys for listening to the Hear Me Out Sports Talk podcast. Nick Palazzolo with you. Uh, the Cubs. I mean, the Cubs have been uh, definitely in the news over the last month and a half. You know, it was reported in June when they had when they went on a really good run that, you know, they were going to buy no matter what. And then they lost 13 in a row that signaled uh, to Judd Hoyer in the front office that, you know, trades needed to happen. Um, You take a look at it it is like KB gone, Rizzo gone, Baez gone, Kimbrell gone, Tapera gone, shit, even Jake Marisnik gone. Like, I didn't even think we could get anything from Marisnik. So, so, so the questions that a lot of people have talked to me about and, and a lot of Cubs fans are wearing, how did we get here? We were a team in 2015 who blossomed early, made it to the CS against the Mets, got swept by them. Okay, kind of the first year jitters. A lot of people are drawing comparisons to what the White Sox are this year. Um, then you 16, you win it all. They finally won it all. The greatest game ever was played on a Wednesday in Cleveland. Shout out to obvious shirts. And, you know, and, and then it really was a downfall from there. You know, 
2017, they made it back to the CS. They lost to the Dodgers. 2018, you know, they lost in they lost game 163 against the Brewers, and then they had to play a uh, then they had to play in the wild card game against the Rockies. They lost there, and I mean, if I had to point to one thing that really uh, was the was the start of the downfall for the Cubs it was that game 163 of 2018 because I mean you, you take a look at it and it was like this team has not the offense is not it, it just was not working it was not working they've that in the past they've tried deadline trades in 18 they tried Daniel Murphy in 19 they trade Nick Castellanos those aren't necessarily power guys they definitely have some power but but those are your guys who are and I know the pr- term professional hitter uh, gets thrown around today's game uh, uh, quite loosely. But, you know, you take a look at it, and, like, how, like a lot of people wonder how we got here. But I, if I had to point it to one thing, it was game 163 and 18 when we lost to the Brewers. Orlando Arcia had the game of his freaking life. I don't think he's ever hit so well before. Like, he, he literally it was batting, like, 190. And then he was, like, four for five in that game 163. So, I mean. Like, you know, and then the Cubs even, they even traded Jock Peterson. I, I missed that one earlier. Uh, you trade Jock Peterson. I think that was a mid, uh, mid-July mid move. It wasn't uh, up and close to the deadline. And, I mean, if, if that told you that anybody and everybody was on the table. I mean, I, I, I think, and I'll, and I'll get into the trades uh, that were made here in a second, but you, you take a look at it. And I, I think Jed, on paper, he had a really, really good trade deadline, like a really good trade deadline. The Cubs farm system uh, was ranked in the bottom half of the league. They are now bottom half, bottom third of all farm systems in baseball, according to MLB.com. And uh, what is it? What's the other one? Uh, baseball America. Another, they're a mid-tier far, farm system. I've seen anywhere from 12th ranked farm system to uh, 16th. Uh, I mean, and, and you know, the, the problem with the Cubs is they haven't developed any talent, especially pitching. Pitching has not been anything that they've developed and they haven't really developed it well. I mean, you take a look and I know, I know I'm going to get to this in a little bit, but you talk, you take a look about the, uh, you talk about, you know, the Aloy Jimenez trade for Jose Quintana uh, or Quintana and trade Eloy and Dylan Cease for Quintana. I've been on record saying this before. I will say it again. I am more pissed off at Jed for trading Dylan Cease than I am Eloy. Eloy, he, he's going to go down as maybe one of the better, the best hitters in, in the game of baseball. Um, and, you know, you look at it, but at the time when we made that trade in 17, we had nowhere to play Eloy. You know, we thought either A, Hap, or B, Almora would do something in center field. We thought Schwarber would get back to his 2015 surge. And then Jason Hayward. I mean, he's just there because, you know, he's, he's making money. Like, I mean, props to Jason Hayward. If I, if I could be that guy, have a ring and get paid an $84 million 
to play above average defense and to bat like 200, like I'm definitely on board with that. Um, but going back to my point, I was more mad about the Sox giving up or the Cubs giving up Dylan C's because the Cubs, Theo and Jed never developed any pitching. They never have. It was never something they they really did. Dylan Cease was the closest they came, and they traded him away. So we may never know what Dylan Cease could have done. He's do, he's having a really, really great year for the Sox right now. His strikeouts are up. You know, it, Dylan Cease has always had the stuff. The stuff has always been there ever since he was in college. But it was always the command. The command is what a lot of people had concerns with. And, and I think if they had to part, do that trade again, I think you know, they wouldn't do it, obviously, for obvious reasons, because Quintana blows. But, you know, you look at it, it's like, Cease, he wasn't given a shot with the Cubs. Like, he was he was give, he was was developed through the system. And then, you know, you take a look at it, and we just moved up. I think we cut ties with him too soon. And now we take a look at the trades. Rizzo. Now a Yankee, he's this generation's Mr. Cub. That was probably the hardest, the hardest trade for me to swallow. Because um, KB, I saw the writing on the wall. Kimbrel, Tapera, those were all, the writing was always on the wall for them. Um, Baez, I thought there'd be a chance he got traded. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, um, you know, uh, I think that KB, KB, the writing was definitely on the wall. It wasn't an if. It was more of a matter of when. But Rizzo was the one who who really hit home the most. And I know it did for most Cubs fans. Rizzo, I don't care if you're a Cubs, Sox, Brewers fan, whatever baseball team you cheer for, you, you will be hard-pressed to find another guy like Anthony Rizzo. And, I mean, you know, you can go ahead and talk about how, you know, um, the Cubs, you know, didn't give him an extension or didn't give him the extension he wanted. Jed will go on record and say he thinks these extensions over time have um, have aged really well. And, and honestly, I, I'm kind of with Jed on that one. Um, I think Jed had a good deadline, like I said. I also think he gave up fair extensions. Honestly, as much as I love Riz, like Riz will always go down and be my favorite Chicago Cup. Um, but, you know, I'm not giving $100 million to a guy who's had some back issues flare up. And in the last two years, which have been his last two "quote unquote" contract years, because he's had player uh, team options uh, in there, and I mean, Riz just hasn't lived up to that. They offered him five for seventy and four for sixty. He didn't want any of those. He was looking for anything ninety to a hundred. I would have given him five for 85, 80, 85. I think that would have got it done, um, but it didn't. And the, the Cubs farm system. He got a boost, especially because of the Rizzo trade. That was the hardest one to swallow because of what Rizzo embodied as a Chicago Cubs. Such a likable guy. Um, such a likable guy and such a team player. He was here from the really bad times in 2013 and 14. Um, and he, he's been here through, through the whole run. 
he was literally the captain. And I know uh, Dom Frederick on Twitter, and if you're a Cubs fan and not following Dom, uh, you definitely should. Dom underscore Frederick is the uh, Twitter handle. But he, he needed a, a C, a C for cat, the captain's logo, like just pinned to his chest, pinned to his, his chest. Because, I mean, I don't, I, I don't understand how you can let a player like that go. He wanted to be a cub. His family lived here. He's, he had a charity here. And you just let him go, which I will. I understand the baseball aspect of it. The, from the baseball aspect, Jed made all the right moves in all of these trades. But from simply the intangibles and, you know, just everything else, it, it, it's hard to, you know, not trade these players um, because of what they mean to the city. Every, every Cubs fan will be grateful. They wouldn't trade 2016 for anything. They, they really wouldn't. And, you know, you look at it and it's like one of those things where it's like, how, how do you trade one of these guys? But the baseball decisions – um, the baseball decisions were the right moves. Javi was not good. He has not been playing well th- these last two years. Rizzo not been playing well. KB's been banged up. I, I mean, the best kind of reliability is availability. And-, and-, and when you're not available, how are you supposed to be reliable? You know, I understand some of those injuries are not, uh, not his fault. But, you know, you take a look at it and it's like, well, you got to pay for what what you can't pay based people on past performance. And that's a common misconception on trade extensions is, you know, or contract extensions. Like you can't pay people based on past performance. You have to pay for them. What can you do for me now? What can you do for me in the future? And that's one thing that I, I don't think the Cubs were comfortable doing that. They weren't comfortable paying people on past performance. Um, so uh, I'll get with this before uh, we talk about um, should they come back? And, and, and as Cubs fans, where, where do we go from here? Um, you know, Rizzo was the toughest pill to swallow. Oh, and, and honestly, this is, this is another thing that really pissed me off. So the Cubs make all these trades. So Cubs fans are down bad. And then the Nationals. The Nationals just swoop in and trade John Lester to the freaking Cardinals. As if Cubs fans already haven't had a hard enough day. You know, they basically watched the last five, six years of winning baseball, something Cubs fans have never really had in a consecutive stretch run like that before. And then you trade John Lester to the freaking Cardinals. Literally anywhere else. Anywhere else I would have been fine with. But to the Cardinals? Really? Like, I, that, that annoyed me the most. Just seeing, just seeing John Lester get traded to the Cardinals, it made me want to throw up a little bit in my mouth. Um, so where do we go from here, Cubs fans? Um, you know, if you've watched um, – if you watched any of the Cubs over the last month, they just finished uh, August at, um, with the record of 7-20. and 20. I've been around the game of baseball for quite a bit, and uh, 720 is not good. 
seven and 20 is definitely not good. Pitching has had a earned run average of over seven. Um, that's not great. Um, so where do we go from here, Cubs fans? Uh, it's It starts at the top. It starts with the Ricketts. I, I mean, you cannot simply justify to me that the Ricketts are good owners. What they've done for Wrigleyville is great. But their PR department, let me tell you, their PR department sucks. You make all these stupid moves. Or all, they're not stupid. They made the right baseball moves. But they make all of these moves. Trade away the Cubs core. They are literally a triple-A team playing in the big leagues. And you come out and you want to say that um, you're going to rededicate Wrigley Field because basically pat yourselves on the back for restoring Wrigley Field. Yay, go go, Tommy. Go Tom Ricketts, you know. Oh, and then we're going to build a sports book. But I thought we didn't have any money because we didn't have any money to pay these players. But now we can build a sports book, and now we're rededicating Wrigley Field. Like, the optics of that, just to the casual fan, that's not good. <laughs> that is, that's not good at all. And, and it's just, it's just confusing. Like, I don't know if the Ricketts have done anything in the last couple years that have angered fans more than the way they manage their finances. And, and you know, you got, you, you know, millionaires, billionaires. I'm not one of those. I may never be one of those. But you trade away your players because you don't necessarily want to pay them what they want. And if, you know, if they deserve that money, you know, that's a different conversation. But they have biblical losses. What do you think about the Marquee Network? Well, personally, I think it's kind of some trash. Um, but that's just me. That's conversation for another day. Um, you know, you want to pat yourself on the back for rededicating and renovating Wrigley Field for all of all the things you did that were good. I don't give me credit. I was just at Wrigley a couple weeks ago for Cubs Sox. I don't want to talk about it. I mean, I'm going in a couple weeks. Wrigley and Wrigleyville's it's a great vibe. Like, it's just a vibe around Wrigley that is unmatched. But you want to pat yourself on the back after you tread away the Cubs core for all the great work you did for the Cubs? Come on. You're better than that, Tommy. Like, like there's no reason for that. And, you know, how many instances uh, do the Cubs have when it, it's been an uh, a bad um, – a bad, honestly, it's not even a negotiating tactic. It's just the Cubs claiming they don't have any money. Biblical losses because of the pandemic, we were told. Biblical. Uh, you know, Castellanos didn't want to give him money. Uh, you know, KB, you know, gave him money. He didn't want it. Didn't want to pony up for Rizzo. You know, it's just one of those things. Just the optics of how the Ricketts do business with their finances is just kind of frustrating. So where do we go from here? Um, should we should we want any of these guys back? There's an emotion. There, there's two ways to approach it. There's an emotional attachment and the baseball attachment. From a baseball attachment, they're the only guy I want back is Cape because he's the only one who I think he's he's got the highest ceiling. Baez's skill set's gonna decline with age, and 
and Rizzo, I, I think, uh, you know, a change of scenery was just, it was, it was needed for Rizzo. Um, just to kind of get the pressure off of Chicago and wanting to win. Then he goes to uh, New York, but you know, New York, he's played really well. Unlike Javi Baez, you know, he's getting booed and he's booing fans and, you know, it's just not a good look for Javi. Javi, I, Honestly, you take a look at the shortstop class coming up in free agency with Seager, Correa, Trevor Story, Javi. Javi's the fourth best shortstop in that group. And I think you want to give Javi five years, $100 million? I'll take him back for that. But I'm not going to give him much more than that because, I, frankly, I don't think he deserves it. He hasn't performed well enough to deserve it. Um. So the only guy you should want back is KB. I understand people have the emotional attachment to Rizzo, who's such a likable guy, and Javi for the way he plays the game. But just from a baseball ops point, the only guy you should want is KB because he's the only one who can provide for you in the future, and the other two I'm not sure they can. All right, now, uh, so what should the Cubs do in the offseason? Well, if you've watched the Cubs – or seen pictures out there on Twitter, Insta, social media, what have you. you. You look at it and, you know, butts are not in the seats. And the only way to get the Ricketts to spend money, don't go to games. That old adage of you need to spend money to make money, they definitely need to spend money. I, I, I want them at the table for a story, a Seager, a Correa. Castellanos looks like he's going to opt out. Castellanos, the perfect perfect guy for the Cubs. You know, I, I think Jed, you know, they acquired Nick Madrigal. A lot of the prospects they got are more of the contact-oriented oriented hitters. Um, so I, I think Jed's going to go with a, a more of a contact approach uh, with an offense instead of like the boom or bust. Um, and, and I think that's smart. Um, but I need the Cubs to spend money this offseason or else they're they're just not going to go anywhere. Their pitching right now is atrocious. Their bullpen, okay, a few nice pieces here, a few nice pieces there, but it's still atrocious. Um, and this is one of those things where it's like only – I know it's going to get repetitive with the old adage, time will tell, but it's one of those things. If, if the Cubs don't spend money, they're not, they're not going to be good because simply because – like it's, it's a hard sell for – if you're Jed Hoyer, why – if you're Trevor Story or Corey Seager or Carlos Correa, what do the Cubs have that other teams don't? Wrigley Field. It's really their only selling point. I mean, the Cubs window, the Cubs next window, excuse me, is probably going to open up 2023. That's 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 where I'm putting it at. 2022 next year, maybe, but 23 is where I think uh, they're really going to take off. All right, let's move on to the south side. Sox are chugging along, and, you know, they've hit that stretch where, you know, they can take the ability to start and rest some guys. You know, uh, Giolito is likely had – the injuries are, are – are, have they've done quite the amount of wonder on the White Sox. Uh, who sit 10 and a head, head, 10 games ahead of the second place Cleveland Indians right now um, at 78 and 56. You know, they got a series up ahead this weekend with the Royals on NBC Sports Chicago. Um, 
you know, Giolito's got a hammy strain. Rodon just came back. Rodon's thrown the ball really well this year. T.A., I'm a little bit concerned with T.A. because they said, you know, he's got leg soreness and, you know, hamstring tightness and, and basically a lot of lower leg injuries. Um, I'm surprised it took them this long to IL him uh, because, like, you know, when you have a 10, 9, 10, 11, 12 game lead in the division, you 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 can afford to lose these things. I mean, start Larry Garcia or a Danny Mednick at uh, shortstop and give Tim A the, the 10 days. Get his legs under him, get him some treatment, and, and then have him for the stretch run. Because at the end of the day, the, these games don't mean anything in terms of health. You just want these games to go by fast and you want them to to come out healthy. You know, Giolito, he uh, came out of the game the other day with a hamstring. Lance Lynn just went to the I.L. Ronaldo Lopez, can we talk about him for for a second? He's been great. Ronaldo Lopez has thrown the ball really well. Uh, I guess he had some cataract surgery or some eye surgery um recently but you know you know you look at the Sox schedule here in September got the Royals the A's the Red Sox the Angels and then you have a you know you know the Angels Rangers Tigers Indians and then the Reds and Tigers come to town um it's one of those things where it's like you, you can make up some games here I mean I think the – here, let me just pull it up. I just had it up. Yeah, it looks like the top record is going to go to Tampa Bay. They're six games ahead of uh, the Sox and the Astros. So, right now, if the season were to end today, we're looking at Sox-Astros. Um, and it's one of those things where it's like that's going to be – it's going to be a heck of a series. But, but the one thing that does concern me, is Dallas Keuchel. Dallas Keuchel, he got lit up by the Iowa Cubs the other night. And honestly, if I'm Tony La Russa, if I'm Rick Hahn, I don't know if I can put Keuchel on the playoff roster at all. This next month is essentially a one-month tryout for, for Dallas Keuchel because you take a look at it and it's like, he hasn't thrown the ball well. Last year's top four, top five uh, get uh, vote getter in Cy Young Award uh, in the, for the Cy Young Award in the AL. This year he's got a five ERA. He's he doesn't have command of really anything. He's getting hit. He's not he's not even giving up bloopers. He's giving up a lot a lot of hard contact. And, and if I'm a Sox fan, I can't possibly justify. Um putting him in the rotation. I'm, I'm definitely giving Cease. I'm, heck, I'm giving Ronaldo Lopez a playoff start before I'm giving Dallas Keuchel because Dallas Keuchel has not just pitched well at, at late or just at all. He's 8-7 and seven with a 5 BRA. He's punched out 83 in 136 and two-thirds innings. And in his last seven starts, he's got a 7 – Point three four ERA, 28 earned runs, 20, 39 hits, and 34 and a third innings. And that's one of those things was like, you can't put him on the roster. Like, 
that's if you put him, you can't possibly justify putting him in the roster because you need at least eight runs out of your offense. And I understand the Sox that they're one of the offenses in baseball that are capable of scoring five, six, seven, eight, nine, even ten runs a night. But it's one of those things where it's like you can't possibly uh, put Keiko in the playoff rotation because he hasn't earned it. I understand. Well, uh, but Nick, you know, uh, he's been he's won a World Series or won a World Series before. But he's been in the playoffs before. I don't care. It's like how I was talking with the, uh, talking about the Cubs just a couple minutes ago. I cannot put, I cannot reward, and I cannot pay a player based on past performance. What can you do for me now, and what can you do for me in the future? Is something that I think Tony Larusa and Rickon really need to look at. Right now, I'm putting Ronaldo Lopez. I'm putting. Dylan Cease. Heck, I'll even give that roster spot to Yerman Mercedes. I mean, he, he didn't make uh, when they expanded rosters to 28. They didn't make it then because they needed the infield depth with Tim Anderson. But I simply cannot put Keiko in the rotation. Well, let's move on to Tony LaRusso. Tony LaRusso has done a fantastic job this year. I understand that, you know, I, I, I still am not a proponent of uh, Tony LaRusso getting the job. I, I think Reinsdorf handpicked him, which he did. Um, but I was more of – I was looking at an A.J. Hinch, who was a guy I really liked uh, for the White Sox. But Tony LaRusso, he's done a nice job. You know, they are uh, 78 and 56. They're 46 and 24 at home. They're 500 on the road, which which for most teams, five, you take 500 on the road. Um, you know, the run differential is plus 144. Uh, that's the third best run differential in the league. How he's been able to manipulate this bullpen has been quite fun to watch. Uh, you know, you can tell I, I still don't like uh, Kimbrell in the eighth. Kimbrell's a closer. You know, he built the routine with the Cubs. He's having a Hall of – he's at a Hall of Fame career as a closer. He's not a Hall of Fame setup, man. He's a Hall of Fame closer. He needs to close. Like, I understand, you know, you know, they signed Liam. Liam was here first, you know, that whole thing. Uh, but, you know, when they made the trade, that we were told that they were going to split opportunities. Kimbrell's only got one opportunity, and that's because Hendricks had a five-out save. I mean, if I'm Kimbrell, I'm a little annoyed. Uh, not that I'm playing for – like, I understand you always want to play for a winner and you'll accept the role for a winner. But he's made a reputation as one of the greatest closers in the history of baseball. And he's not even playing or pitching in, in, in those big spots in, in the ninth inning. And, you know, Liam Hendricks, he's given up 10, 11, maybe, maybe it's 12 now, uh, home runs in the ninth inning. And, and that's something he's got to get under control. He had a really nice rice, uh, close the door, shut down, save last night against Pittsburgh. He pitched a uh, – he got another five outs last night, punched out two. Um, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, Tony LaRusso will manipulate the bullpen, but I think, you know, only asking for five out of your starters and then you send it to Kopech and then to Para, Kimbrell, Hendricks, like those are a lot of good options. And kudos to Rick Hahn for going out to get Ryan to Para. I was on record saying it. I don't know if that podcast ever got uploaded because we were having some technical difficulties that day. But, you know, Ryan Tapera has been one of those great moves uh, for the White Sox. And, you know, 
I, I'd rather have this lead on. I'll come kind of carry on to my next conversation here, but I'd rather have the big lead than having the stretch run and having to play for your playoff spot because it gives you the opportunity to rest guys. You don't have to play, play your guys every day and manage to win every day. I, I understand that teams will always play to win every day, but if I'm the White Sox, I'd rather have the lead because it gives me more flexibility in terms of health. I can give Luis Robert. I can give a Tim Anderson, a Yasmani Grandal. We can afford to skip a Rodon or a Lynn or a Giolito just to give them some extended rest instead of going the every, every fifth day, you know, giving them a week of rest. And I think that's only beneficial uh, to the club. So the White Sox are definitely going to be a fun team to watch over the next month and especially into October. Now let's move on to the Chicago Bears. And, you know, uh, Bears submitted their 53-man roster uh, the other day. They've made quite the amount of additions. Um, but let's start with pinky promises. And I wrote it down here in my notes, uh, just pinky promises. And, you know, every time Matt Nagy or uh, Ryan Pace, who just meet, met the media yesterday afternoon, um, anytime they get a question asked about Justin Fields, it's always about Andy Dalton always finds his way to make a way in that answer. Why isn't Justin Fields starting? Well, because Andy's our starter. Like, like. If you watch the preseason, I don't care if Dalton lights it up in, in 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 practice. I don't care. If you've ever played sports, any kind, I'm talking football, baseball, soccer, softball, um, any kind of hockey, even like sports like that, you know there are practice players. There are there are players who always those certain guys who just practice really freaking well, and then when it comes to games. They look. They don't look great because they're just basically a practice player, and and that's what they are. Um, let's see. You look at it. It's like you make the pinky promise to Andy Dalton, and you can't change your plan. That's that's got to be frustrating. Uh, like I don't I don't understand why Fields isn't starting. He's clearly the better quarterback. Look look at what uh, Bill Belichick did in New England with Cam Newton. You know I understand that you know you can have the vaccine. You know I, I'm gonna just uh, you know step aside from that conversation but you look at it and it's like I I don't understand why you got a pinky promise Andy Dalton the starting job Fields has definitely outperformed Andy Dalton in preseason and he's doing it with the second third and even fourth string guys um but Nick you know their O-line sucks I don't care you have to play the best players we do not – this is the National Football League. You have to put your best 11 out there on offense and your best 11 on defense. I don't care what you – you can't play scared. And that's what I feel like the Bears are doing by just simply going to Andy Dalton and saying that, you know, you know, we're promising – they promised him the starting job since, like, March. We, we don't need to see Andy Dalton. Matt Nagy went on record and said, we need to see Andy Dalton with the ones and the, the one O-line and, you know, all of the weapons. No, we don't. We've seen Andy Dalton before. We've seen him. He's a redheaded Jay Cutler. 
He's average at best. Justin Fields can be that one guy who can compensate for the the O-line concerns that I have. Fields should be starting. He should be starting. One, he's the better player. And two, you know, I don't – and I understand why Nagy and Pace aren't aren't starting Fields. And I think it's because they know that if Fields – once they start Fields, their clocks start on uh, their, their jobs. I mean, because once they start Fields, you know – you know, their clock starts on if they keep this job anymore. You know, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, and I'll use this example. You would love Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace and their families if if they were your neighbors, great neighbors. Running your football team, not so sure. Because the reality of the situation is how the how I think the Bears should start the season is Bill Lazor calling plays for Justin Fields. The reality Matt Nagy is calling place for Andy Dalton. You know, the, Nagy always preaches wanting to play fast. Justin Fields allows you to play fast, and you're not playing. Oh, well, uh, you know, we'll, we'll know when he's ready. He's ready now. Literally, you listen to every press conference, every answer. He's exceeding expectations, and they always bring up, Andy's our starter. Like, this is going to be 2017 all over again with Mitch but with just a better rookie quarterback. You know, Ryan Pace, was he was fired up about Mike Glennon. Yeah, yeah, Ryan? How fired up are you about it now? How fired up? Yeah. How'd Mitch turn out? Okay. Andy Dalton, he's, he's, he's a nice quarterback. He's a good – he's an average quarterback, and that's all what you need. But you look at it and it's like, we need to start fields. Because he, he gives us the best chance to win. He's the best chance to compensate for our O-line. And I'll start with the O-line concerns. We drafted uh, Tevin Jenkins in the second round. You look at it, and it's like, uh, okay. Now he's got back injuries. He's got back concerns. He had surgery. And, you know, they always just keep wanting to dodge the question uh, based on um, – you know, did you know about this? Yada, yada, yada. Um, but you look at it, it's like how, like the O-line is just a mess. They went out and signed Jason Peters. So the starting O-line will be Jason Peters going from left tackle to right tackle. It'll be Peters. It'll be Cody Whitehair, Sam Mustafer at center, James Daniels at right guard. And then likely, if I had to guess, Jermaine Effetti at, at at right tackle. But but the thing that's confusing to me is you cut Charles Leno. And Charles Leno was a revolving door at left tackle. Don't get me wrong, man. But he was consistent. Now you had to go out and sign a 39-year-old, 18-year veteran, Jason Peters, to play left tackle because Tevin Jenkins has injuries. And the cornerbacks. Let's talk about the cornerbacks. Their initial 53-man roster had four cornerbacks. Let's see if I can name them all. Jalen Johnson, Kendall Vildor, Duke Shelley, Xavier Croft. That's not Kyle Fuller. We had to cut Kyle Fuller because of finances. But Jimmy Graham still has a spot. Akeem Hicks still has a spot. But we had to cut Kyle Fuller, and we haven't really done anything to improve our secondary, especially the cornerback room. I, I just don't understand the financial. I understand the financial part of it. 
cutting Kyle Fuller gave you $14 million. But you look at it, and it was like one of those things that was like, uh, but why is Jimmy Grant? Jimmy Graham's collecting like $9 million this year. I'd rather have Kyle Fuller than than Jimmy Graham. I, I don't know what Jimmy Graham's going to do for us. Like, Cole Komet should be the one. Jesse James has been a nice tight end find uh, for Ryan Pace. But you look at it, and it's like, I don't know what Jimmy Graham's doing for us. Kyle Fuller can do a hell of a lot more um, for us than Jimmy Graham will this year. I understand red zone, first downs, you know, touchdown threat, big frame, whatever. But, you know, the Bears need to figure out the secondary because Jalen Johnson and Kendall Vildor, as you're one and two, don't exactly scream good secondary. That's below average. Like Jalen Johnson, I think, is going to be a stud. But Xavier Crawford, Artie Burns, Duke Shelley, like those are guys, like those are just names. Like they're not high-level talent or anything. And it's one of those things where it's like, I'm going to gonna need to uh, – going to need pace to fix that. And he really hasn't. He really hasn't tried to fix uh, the quarterback room. And I think that's definitely – that in the O-line is definitely something to watch. Um, as we get going, and, and I'll move on, and I'll close with uh, Ryan Pace thoughts. If you ever want to take a class on um, how to say nothing in 20 minutes, uh, just watch a Ryan Pace press conference because he will literally not tell you anything. He'll just keep repeating the same to uh, Ryan. Can you tell us uh, the status of Akeem Hicks and like Allen Robinson's contract situation? Not going to get into that. Okay, did Tariq Cohen have a second surgery to fix his ACL? Uh, well, he's grinding day by day, and we're, we're excited to have him back after uh, his uh, injured reserve stint is up. He literally doesn't tell you anything. And Ryan Pate, I don't understand why football GMs are like this, but you take a look at it, and it's like they speak during the draft, or right after. They speak before the draft, after the draft, before the season, and after the season. That's like four times. And Maggie, Matt Nagy gets his feet held to the fire, like every day by reporters, Jason Leisure of the Sun-Times does a fantastic job trying to hold his feet to the fire by asking questions why we don't want to know. Well, if you claim Fields is ready, why doesn't he start? Well, we like Ann. Well, like, you know, that's wrong answer. Wrong answer. Um, so, like, Nagy and Pace, like, in their press conferences, it's just a bunch of word salad. Like, you take some words, throw them into a bowl, you mix them around, you start throwing things up. That's, that's what they're doing. They're not giving you any useful information. Like, it's just how to say nothing in 20 minutes or less. Like, that's literally what the Bears are doing. And, and uh, it's football season, so I'm excited to see how it plays out. But, you know, fields should be starting. The O-line and cornerback rooms, I'm super concerned with. And I don't know how you can't be concerned with it because those are – Two vital important, two vitally important functions of a football team, and they're they're, they're just not great. It's just not a good situation uh, for the Bears, Matt Nagy, and and Ryan Pace. Uh, so, if you made it this far, thank you for listening. Make sure uh, to subscribe on Apple and Spotify. Leave us a review. Maybe one day we'll check out those reviews and read them in a podcast, do a Q&A or something. I don't really know.
um, next week. Uh, hopefully, we will be back uh, talking a lot more Chicago Bears as they prep for the Rams. Uh, probably talk some more White Sox. I also wanted to get into the Chicago Bulls. Didn't didn't have time today to do that because I'm trying to keep this short. Um, but thank you for listening. Uh, for Nick, uh, for myself, uh, Nick Palazzolo, thank you for listening. And I hope you guys all have a safe and happy Thursday and a great Labor Day weekend. Thank you.